Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast, show about everything and nothing all at once. I'm your host, the one and only host with the small lips, Loudmouth. It's Madison Handler. I don't know why, but like I was feeling fine just a little bit ago. Then I sneezed like twice, and now my nose feels so stuffy. So I'm sorry if you can hear that. Um, I feel like these past couple of weeks, I've come into the recording like with a sore throat, um, raspy, really raspy throat, stuffy nose. I just, it's allergy season, okay? So I'm sorry, guys. It's just the loud mouth isn't the same. It's going to change. Um, but good morning, guys. Happy Friday. Um, I hope you had a good week. And I hope that you have even more stuff planned for the weekend, even more fun stuff planned for the weekend. Um, This week, which I posted about on my Instagram story, but we're going to talk about it on here too because it's a really big fucking deal. I got tickets to see Kehlani and Rico Nasty. Are you kidding me, guys? So, day of, or not day of, last week, Kehlani announces their tour. They're like, okay, we're going to go on tour, text this number to get a little pre-sale code. And my roommate Morgan and I both love Kehlani. She's loved Kehlani a little longer than me, so we were like, we have to go. Literally has to happen. And with Rico Nasty opening, Morgan's like favorite artist of all time is Rico Nasty. So we are like, we have to go. So we texted our two other friends that are Kehlani stands. We're like, okay, if they come to Kansas City, we'll get tickets for all of us, and like that'll be a thing. Well, of course, she doesn't announce tickets to Kansas City. So we're, like, scrambling on Monday. This is Monday. She, like, she like posts the um, tour lineup and everything and then says the next day you're going to get pre-sale password and you can get tickets if you have the pre-sale password. So we're, like, sitting there. We're scrambling. We're trying to figure it out. On all the days that, like, work for all of us to do something, I have a wedding or something's going on or we just can't swing it. So we're like, okay, well, we'll just focus on, like, Morgan and I will just focus on getting Morgan and I tickets. They'll focus on getting their own tickets. If it happens to work out that we're going to be in the same place, then we'll do a whole trip. But if not, no big deal. So day of, I'm literally at work and I have to tell my bosses, I'm like, guys, I have to get these concert tickets. Not my bosses. I told my one boss, I was like, I have to get these concert tickets. Just letting you know, I might be a little scrambled while I get that and maybe unavailable she's like okay that sounds good so I'm like sitting there at work just anxious as fuck about getting these tickets because I just have a feeling that they're all gonna sell out which they still haven't all sold out yet but they definitely they definitely were not easy to get to and so we're sitting there I'm like on the phone I feel like command center I'm calling Morgan I'm hanging up to ask our other friend Iris who's like working on getting the tickets for the other two people and I we're like, yeah, I'm like hanging up, calling them, saying, what's going on? Okay, what are we going to get? What are you guys getting now? Eventually, long story short, we all end up getting tickets to Seattle, which is where our friends Iris and MJ are from. Uh, well, we're from before they came to Kansas City. And so I'm so excited to be able to experience their little town with them and see fucking Kehlani and Rico Nasty. So that is all the exciting news I have. And I think this... <laughs> That's a substantial intro. Um, I'm so excited to see Kehlani. You guys will see 5 million videos probably. Um, I'll, I'll probably cry, honestly. So I can't wait. It's at the end of September, I think. 
September or August. And it's just going to be the most exciting time of my life. So I hope something like that happened to you this week. And I hope that you have something or have something like that planned for this weekend. Unfortunately, today, (laughs) this is how I always start my intros. I'm like so excited. I tell you guys an exciting story. And then I'm like, okay, now not to make it like really sad, but we're going to talk about something sad that's going on in the world. And we're going to talk about the formula shortage that's going on right now. Um, There, yes, there was a mass shooting this week and... I was going to record for that, but um, I feel like there's been a lot of reporting going on and there's still a lot of things um, coming to light and I wouldn't want to do something that's not extensive because that motherfucker who killed those people was a very, very, very bad person and the news is not claiming it as a race thing even though he had the N-word on his shotgun um, and he writes in his like manifestos or whatever about not liking black people. Um, so I'm going to link some podcasts down below that you can listen to that talk about it a little bit and go into depth so you can have those resources, but we are going to talk about the formula shortage today, especially because just last week we were talking about abortion and this is just very ha 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 pro life. Are we really? No. (laughs) Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about and we're going to get into it right now. or may not know there is a formula shortage going on right now um which basically means baby formula that people use instead of breastfeeding um is unavailable or out of stock on most shelves or limited stock on most shelves and so yesterday there was a bill that was brought forth to the house and the House Democrats put it forth, and it was called HR seven seven nine zero, and this was going to give two hundred twenty eight million dollars in emergency funding to address the baby formula shortage, and over a hundred and ninety two House Republicans voted against this bill. This bill was going to send money to the Food and Drug Administration to address the shortage and ramp up production, and basically. Republicans said no. They said, never mind, we're not pro-life. We're just pro-birth, actually. And that's why this whole argument, this whole discussion is so, so funny. Because just last week I was telling you about how they're taking away um, our rights to have an abortion. Forcing people to have babies. And then not being able to actually provide food for said babies is disgusting. Um, On a separate bill, the House voted on Wednesday overwhelmingly to ease the burden on low-income parents by allowing the federal women, infants, and children, so the WIC program, a major national purchaser of formula, to source it for more foreign suppliers. Um, The vote was 414 to 9, with all the opposition coming from Republicans. So at least the outcome on that one was a little bit better, but still, of course, all oppositions coming from Republicans who claim to be pro-life. Um, the Senate approved the legislation on Thursday by voice vote, and now it goes up to Biden, who will sign it into law. So at least there's one law coming through the pipeline that is actually going to help, um, but there's still 
this whole idea that we are going to give money to a pro to a administration that is focused on making more formula and providing food for babies and the Republicans they said no they said never mind on Wednesday Biden invoked the Defense Protection Production Act to address the issue which tapped in a Korean War era law to ramp up domestic manufacturing rapid rapidly I promise we're going to go over what is actually happening in the formula shortage, but I think a good basis of what the laws surrounding it is going on is good to understand. Um, Representative Stephanie I. Bice, who is a Republican of Oklahoma, said that she voted against the FDA bill because there was, quote unquote, no reason to give the agency additional money. She said, you can't throw money at this problem. This is a failure of leadership within the FDA as well as the administration's failure to act. And so throwing, you know, millions of dollars at the problem isn't going to actually fix it. The the lawmaker argued that none of the additional funding would address the biggest problem, getting formula to families. But to get formulas to family, they need to have actual formula to give to them. And they can't do formula without ramping up production as of right now. Um, I highly recommend I'll link it down below. But there's a so informed post, post so informed post on Instagram that lists out every Republican that voted no on it. So if you want to go contact your representative, um, visit this post. I'll link it down below. You can go to house.gov slash representatives, find your representative that was on this list and give them a call or an email or something of that sort. I'll link that down below for you. Okay. So what actually, how did this shortage actually start? You're like sitting here, Madison. Okay. We get it. What are all these laws? Cool. But what does that actually mean? Why did the shortage start? Why are we worried about it? So, this shortage has been blamed on an ongoing supply chain disruption linked to the coronavirus pandemic and manufacturer Abbott issuing a recall for products made in a Michigan plant and sold under um, the Salamic Alimitium and Elicare labels. So, those are all formula labels. Four children, one in Minnesota, one in Texas, and two in Ohio, fell ill with bacterial infections after being being fed the products and two died so this was back in February and they decided to um, stop production and undergo a federal investigation after the four baby formed bacterial infections Um, Abbott has since said that there is no link between the formula and the illnesses but obviously still good to check the only problem here is is that four companies control about 90% of the U.S. baby formula market. So it's Abbott, which accounts for nearly half the market, Mead Johnson Nutrition, Nestle USA, and Perigo. So, yes, Abbott stopping production to investigate to see if there was any link between these bacterial diseases and their formula is a great call. Obviously, we don't want children to die. But... The problem comes from the monopoly within, well, monopoly within anything, but the monopoly within the formula, baby formula market. Since there are only three other companies besides Abbott who make formula on the same level as Abbott, a little less, obviously, um, there's nothing they can do. If If one factory has to halt, especially Abbott, who controls over half the market or supplies over half the market, 
then everyone's fucked. And that's not necessarily anyone's fault. They should be stopping and doing investigations. But it's the fact that they control over half the market that is causing the problem. That's not okay. Only 2% of formula is imported and FDA rules make it very hard for new companies to enter the market because a lot of people have been saying, why don't we just source from somewhere else, which they are working on it. They are trying to pass um, some laws that like the FDA is trying to change some rules around to make it easier so that they could at least feed fucking babies. But it's not as easy as you would think it is to just order formula from somewhere else. Um, I shared a post going around that was saying if you go on Amazon and change your market to like Canada or something like that, you're able to get supplies, but there are caveats to that. So basically, because of this one factory shutting down and having to do an investigation, everybody in the whole country got fucked because of all these companies just taking a big share and not spreading out the love it was already like I said before it was already being affected by pandemic related supply change problems but the Michigan plant closure really exasperated things some states are facing more severe shortages including Tennessee Texas and Iowa where more than 50 percent of the top selling products are out of stock according to CBS, which is, again, funny because Texas is where the most intense abortion laws are, basically making people carry babies to term, and then they're not going to have anything to feed them with. Just the hypocrisy is really what gets me. But the crisis, of course, is hitting poor families disproportionately hard. Nearly half of the baby formula in the U.S. is brought under the WIC program, Um, the one I was talking about earlier, aimed at helping low-income women, infants, and children. States give exclusive contract rights for this formula to one company under a bidding process. Abbott provides formula to about half the babies receiving WIC benefits. And when these products disappear, families are left to scramble to find alternatives. And especially with poor families, that is even harder because finding alternatives is not one not easy it's time consuming so if you have to go to work and aren't able to sit there with your baby all day and figure out what formula is working and what formula isn't obviously that's going to put a strain um on your life and put a roadblock in the way and a lot of people as I'm sure some of you thinking right now are saying well why don't they just breastfeed but breastfeeding is not just something that comes naturally to everyone and everyone who has breasts and has a child. About 84% of babies start out being breastfed, but less than 50% are exclusively breastfed through three months. And not every person who has a child can breastfeed, as there are a lot of factors that go into that. And But there are people who legitimately cannot breastfeed, cannot produce enough milk to keep their babies fed. There is an article that I'll have linked down below talking about um, a woman who could only produce like half half an ounce of milk, which is not enough for her baby. And her body just stops producing. There's nothing she can do. That's all the baby. That's all the body will allow to do. There's also a lot of issues, even though we're getting a little more comfortable with it in society, of working mothers. Um, There are people who can't pump at work or don't want to pump at work, and formula allows them to be able to go and be a working mother and just feed them 
um, something that's going to give them substance without worrying about when they can pump, when they can get the milk to the babies, um, everything of that sort. Formula also allows for more participation from the other partner instead of just a um, skin-to-skin contact with baby and whoever is producing the milk. Formula allows a significant other to be a part of that equation too, giving them independence, giving them a bond and a relationship with the baby. Also, once you stop producing milk after a baby stops feeding from them, you don't, your body stops. Your body stops producing it. There's literally very little ways that you can get your milk back, um, which is why this is so scary because a lot of women and a lot of people are trying to get their induced lactation again and get it back. But doctors are saying that it's quite impossible to actually start that back up again and to start it in the way that you were doing before. Though there are ways to induce lactation and some adoptive or foster parents do it, it is a process that that requires the use of hormone-mimicking drugs. And so many do not actually go through with that. Also, mothers face significant physical challenges when breastfeeding, from cracked and bleeding nipples to clogged ducts and low milk supply. And there's also mastitis, which is when the breast tissue becomes infected and affects anywhere between 22 and 20% of breastfeeding people. There's also huge mental health challenges. Research shows that people who have painful early breastfeeding experiences are more than likely than others to suffer postpartum depression. It's not an easy decision for people to decide they don't want to breastfeed. And I don't say that in a way that like if it's not working for you, people find it hard to stop or that it needs to be a difficult decision to choose to use formula over breastfeeding. But I mean like it's hard because in the hospitals they really really urge for breastfeeding um there is there's been a huge campaign about how breastfeeding is better how you need to do it for up to a year and it leaves mothers and people who have had children and who do breastfeed feeling bad and feeling guilty when they are unable to provide those services to their child child Promoters of breastfeeding like to suggest that it lowers the child's obesity risk, which is at least one randomized trial that suggests that this isn't true and that it can improve IQ, though some researchers say the results of a widely cited study that illustrated this were not convincing and that it generally improves the child's health. But research increasingly shows that the benefits of breastfeeding outside the potential bonding experience and with that being said, it's not always a bonding experience. Sometimes children do not latch on and do not want to be, do not take it, um, are probably marginal, especially when you can control for economic factors. So in the United States, wealthy, well-educated white women are more likely to breastfeed. And if their children has better outcomes in terms of education and wealth later, is that a function of breastfeeding or is it the fact that their mothers started out with those things and others did not? So a lot of these studies are not are kind of being related to already being privileged in the first place. And when we're talking about, well, why don't you just breastfeed? We are leaving out so many working class people who have children. 
breastfeeding is not always easy. It's not always the most convenient. Um, if you're able to be with your child all day, that's great. And if you're able to have a place to dump and keep breast milk, then great. But a lot of working mothers, especially working mothers in like service industry or things of that nature, are not going to have the space to do that. And um, this campaign for supporting breastfeeding obviously comes from these more privileged, wealthy white people. And we need to stop centering the conversation around them because not everyone can breastfeed and it's not always easy and no one should be guilted for doing the things that they have to do to try and keep their child fed and happy. So we've learned about why we can't breastfeed, why that might not be um, an option. So when when is it going to get better? Is it going to get better for these people, for parents? Um, the FDA and Abbott have reached a proposed settlement that will allow t- the company to reopen the closed Michigan facility with an oversight from an independent expert, according to the agency. The company stated that it could restart the site within two weeks and that it would then take an additional six to eight weeks before its products are available. The FDA has also announced a series of measurements designed to increase supply. On Monday, the agency said it would implement processes processes to make it easier for foreign baby formula makers to sell their products in the U.S. Currently, the U.S. produces about 98% of formula domestically. The FDA will also, on a case-by-case basis, ease some of the requirements it puts on formula companies, for example, around labeling and things that won't actually affect, won't, won't directly affect the formula and the babies taking it. And just a little side note to make here as we're talking about this, is that the U.S. is the only industrialized nation that does not have mandated paid maternity leave. And you may be like, Madison, this has nothing to do with that. Oh, but it does. Because if people were able to spend more time with their children and maybe they could sit there and worry about breastfeeding, maybe they could learn all the steps and get a lactation specialist and focus on that. But since a lot of these people who have children have to go back to work so soon after having children, most of the time formula is just the way to do it because it's going to get them fed. It's going to get them the nutrients they need and everything with no hassle and no worry about like, oh, what if I were to go away for the weekend or had to be in the hospital and I wasn't able to feed my baby, all that stuff. So that is a quick and dirty rundown of the baby formula shortage. Um, I have a couple of extra resources that I'm going to share right now, but I will also link it down below. Um, a TikToker, Alluring, Alluring Skull, put this together on their Instagram, so I will make sure um, to have that link down below for you guys. But if you go to babyformulaexchange.com, it is a resource created by Sean Johnson that allows you to give or receive baby formula if you are in need. Um, there is a person on Instagram called at the formula mom, and they have posts on best practices for people currently affected by formula shortage. There's also at natures underscore one on Instagram that is organic toddler formula. So very important toddler and baby formula are different. Um, So you'll have to be wary of that. But it's made in Ohio. Um, There are other places, smaller stores and drugstores that have formula. They just may not be FDA approved or um, have the same measures as these other big formula producers. But there is other options for formula. It is not safe to water down formula to make it last longer. Um, always follow the label instructions or those given by your healthcare provider. There are other options. 
um, besides watering it down. So as I said, toddler formula is a big thing and you can use toddler formula for a few days if your baby is close to 12 months. Um, but truly only for a few days and they have to be close to 12 months because it is different formula. You can use cow's milk milk if you're in a pinch. If your child is over six months old and is usually on regular formula, you can feed them whole cow's milk for a short period of time. It is not ideal, but it is better than diluting the formula and making your own or making your own. Um, so I will put some resources down below for you guys on that. And some ways that we can help out is by calling our representatives I'll see if there's any petitions out. I really don't think there is. I think calling the representatives is your best mood move. Supporting any mothers, maybe giving to like um, any parent shelters or children's shelters or anything like that. If you have any more ways that you that we can support, that we can try and help this and help parents right now feed their children, let me know. Um, you can follow me and DM me at loudmouthpod on Instagram, um, at loudmouth underscore pod on Twitter also on Facebook. It'll all be linked down below for you guys. Thank you for coming on and listening to the baby formula shortage so bright on your Friday morning. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you next week. I love you guys. Bye.